soberish. I'm going to try to get this podcast recorded while my brain is working. This is going to be more work on manifestation slash hacking. This is going to be a little more health related um, since I talk about what I'm experiencing and I am obviously experiencing some health issues. Um, but how this relates to operating in the matrix and manifesting your reality. I don't know how long this episode will be. I'm not going to force myself to create content when I am in this state because I think part of what I am learning is that I am not my productivity. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. She has to learn the lesson she fucking preaches to everyone else. All right. Anything else I talk about? These are tips and tricks that I use to... Hack the matrix, create reality, wake up when I'm asleep, etc. These are things that you might find useful. They don't apply to every single situation, and they are things that are meant to help. They are not platitudes to be thrown at marginalized communities, people with more trauma than you. They're really not ours to say to other people. Um, they are things that we can offer up to other people, but... Tips and tricks for manifesting and uh, taking charge of our own creation are just that. And they don't erase our history. They don't negate the need for us to rebalance energies stolen. Um, please do not ever use any of my content to justify spiritual bypassing in uh, communities who have more trauma than you. Or anyone else, really. It's kind of a shitty thing. Spiritual bypassing is utterly garbage. And yet another reason that I'm not a fan of the New Age movement. And as usual, I'll just use myself as an example. Because that's really the only experience I should be speaking to. There will probably be extra ums in this. Because talking is hard. And thinking is... Um, thinking is weirdly fine. But I feel like I'm 200,000 miles inside of myself. And so communicating is pretty difficult. For those of you that, I don't know how, uh, you wouldn't, but for those of you that don't know, I got bit by a tick in April. I, uh, for some reason, didn't think about that over the course of the next few months when my um, mental uh, acuteness, oh God, this is going to be so bad, um, my brain got extremely foggy. I thought I was just depressed and then my body was fucked and I thought I was just not getting enough exercise. Uh, my back was out for a while because I thought I sat in a chair wrong. My knees were on fire. I'm like, oh, I guess that's because I'm 43. Um, the body stuff I can deal with. I mean, I had 10 pound kids at home, no drugs. I let my fucking teeth fall out. You know what I mean? I've got a pretty high threshold for pain. I don't have a super high threshold for my brain not working. This is definitely a stretching exercise for me in a loss. I'm really, um, afraid of suffering. And so this is an expansive time for me for sure. And so that's why I thought it might be good to share it with you while I'm in it. I think often I'm talking about things that I'm a little bit separated from so you can hear me with the actual fear in my voice. So I took antibiotics in July for something else. And that's when we realized, oh, this was definitely going on for months. The antibiotics I went on for something else in theory, should have helped with anything I got from a tick. This new doctor did not think that was the case. So I was great after I took the antibiotics for 20 days. I was killing it. And then um, 
I guess like a few days into September, my I felt like I was coming down with a cold and then my body started and then my body shut down. I was like, well, at least it didn't take my brain. And then boom, the brain fog hit. I um, am on a more powerful antibiotic now. I'm taking every fucking herb and tincture and drinking fucking stevia. Everything everyone suggested to me, I'm doing all of it. I've cut sugar out of my diet. I didn't really eat that much in the first place. Um, I already don't eat gluten or dairy. Anyway, I'm taking it very seriously, and um, I am less than a week into the antibiotics. My body feels great for the most part, a little stiff sometimes, but um, my brain is still not at 100%. I am only doing a couple readings a day so far. Those are doing all right, and um, I'm just taking it very easy, but... um, this is obviously triggering, and I I watched my mother go through rheumatoid arthritis when I was in my early 30s, and it triggered this, I went nuts. This is like when I did all of these elimination diets. This is how I found out I was allergic to gluten and dairy. I went every fucking green smoothies five times a day. Nobody could have anything that had pesticides in it. Like I was at the gym multiple hours a day. I was desperately trying to prevent an autoimmune disease. I developed an intense fear of autoimmune diseases in 2013. And um, fortunately, I gathered enough knowledge in that time that I can now use. But now that I am here facing something I have previously been pretty afraid of after watching a lot of other people suffer, and kind of the only thing I'm like, you know, truly afraid of. I think you could like, you could break every bone in my body. And if you just left my brain intact, I would, I would figure it out. But, um, now I am just kind of being forced to sit still and and face something that I was afraid of, which is kind of the point of this entire game, like it or not. So I just wrote out some steps that, um, I guess I practice in these kind of situations. And, uh, I don't know how long this is going to be, I already said that. See what I'm talking about? It's also hard to tell the difference between regular old Jessa dementia because the ADD is very, very real. And uh, right now I'm looking at it very hard. So I'm like super tuned into it. There is kind of a sensation where my brain feels like it's on fire. Like inside of my head, it, it feels like it's on fire a few times a day. Anyway, so far is this fun for you guys? All right. So... You're living your life in the matrix, things are going really well, and then you take a hit. This hit can be you get sick with something potentially chronic, you get an injury, you take a financial hit, you lose your job, so on and so forth. Step one in the Jessa Reed, uh, how to take a hit is take a hit, learn how to take a hit. Um, Hits happen, especially right now. They just happen. Um, We're are not going to live in a world that has nothing negative happen in it for a while. We will end up in some utopia at some point, but that utopia is going to be the result of us not being afraid of every single death and loss we suffer, not because nothing bad will ever happen. Quote unquote bad. Okay. Obviously, uh, the less privilege you have, the less you have to, um, you know, uh, lots of us know exactly how to do step one, but some people sometimes, Um, are completely surprised every time anything doesn't go according to plan. And those people have the hardest time. If you just accept, 
you know, I think, I don't know if this is true, but when there's boxers boxing, I think the best boxers have to be ones who know how to get punched in the face, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you hit if you don't know how to take a hit. Like, just just know that hits come and just kind of like, okay, now this is what we're doing here. So that's definitely a huge part of my success in these sort of things is um, I'm not terribly surprised right now. And uh, that, that part of it's not getting a ton of energy from me. Okay, I'll get more into that in a second. Step two. And this one, I think there's value in feeling your feelings. I think there's value in playing roles. There's value in this. This one is the biggest waste of time. And um, not this step, but the, okay. So step two is don't ab- abandon your entire belief system the second you take a hit, okay? So the biggest waste of time is abandoning your entire belief system. Two things can exist at once. These two things are not even in contradiction of each other. You can be ascending, you can be a god on earth, and you can be playing a video game and something bad can happen to you. Those two things prove each other. As a matter of fact, it's a fucking video game. You didn't come to a video game to sit in a bed of roses and twirl your fingers. You came here to hack the matrix, okay? Bad things happen. I'm doing air quotes with bad things, okay? A lot of it is perspective. But there's something that we do energetically when every time we take a hit, we act like that was, we, we never saw that coming. And then when we reject our entire belief system. We know that this is the apocalypse. Whatever you know to be true on your best day, try to hold on to that on your worst day. You can do whatever you want, but I have found that... It, questioning whether or not God exists every fucking time something goes wrong wastes a lot of time in the process. You can just get through the process and be like, uh, I can be in pain and scared right now. The government can be falling apart. I already knew the government was falling apart, but, but, uh, now it seems that we've, um, we've, we've had a setback. Uh, I can abandon everything I believed yesterday and then spend a fucking month getting back to that. Or I can say, Hey, these two things can exist at the same time. And, uh, and move through this process a little bit, um, faster. So I don't, I don't throw my entire belief system out the window, even in days where, you know, shit sucks. Um, step three, feel your feelings. This is very important. You're going to need to feel your feelings in order to get, um, to be productive in steps after this. So there is a grief and there's a loss and there's a lot of scary stuff that happens. Okay. Um, now I don't, it kind of depends on what the thing is. If I'm honest, I found that with financial hits, feeling my feelings created more financial hits, um, quicker. I don't know what, I don't know what that is. In relationships, you can feel your feelings for quite a while without necessarily heaping more shit onto your head And in situations with health or like trauma or whatever, there's something though about the, excuse me, the freak out around a financial hit that will spiral you into financial hits. I think it's because financial stuff maybe manifests quicker. So um, there is also not just, there's just not a ton to be gained from a bunch of like the, the window between feeling your feelings and wallowing, um, is much shorter. So when I take a financial hit, I almost immediately go numb. I just disassociate from, and I just, what I got to do to fix that? Um, 
there are some feelings that this experience has brought up. And that is a lot. What did uh, Julie Iverson said? Um, Brain fog helps you stop identifying with your intellect. And um, a lot of our experiences in the third dimension are about learning things about ourselves and then not becoming identified with us and with them and then learning things about ourselves and then not becoming identified with them in this like nearly never ending fucking spiral. And I am extremely identified with my intellect and my ability to communicate. And, um, of course that's something I have to face. I also don't, spend any time in my body and I don't slow the fuck down ever. And I swear that that's okay when I do it because I like it. But of course there's value in being slowed down. And of course there's value in facing what am I if I don't talk super articulately, articulately is a little bit of a stretch. You know what I mean? If I can't communicate, what am I, you know? Um, it's forcing me to be alone in a way that I just, we're just like next leveling alone over and over again, because right now I feel like even in a room full of people, I don't know how to communicate my truth. This is also a huge glitch in the community. And, um, I anticipate, you know, coming out of this with some answers as to how to do that. Um, feelings though, there's feelings, feel the feelings. It's important to feel the feelings. Uh, step four and five, or step uh, three and four can go together a little bit. And that is don't recoil from what you are afraid of. Face it and accept it without writing a, a lifelong story about it. So there's this thing that people do. Um, we all do. I used to do it. I don't do it anymore. So now when I'm talking about something that I have, if you hear, like, I'll often acknowledge that I could lose it at any moment. And that, that like, tenses people up. And they're like, don't say that. And it's like, no, this is actually how you, like, vent the energy so that you don't build expectations onto reality. Because reality does not like to be told what to do. You set an intention and allow reality to provide it to you. When you start telling reality, like, this is what I need, the reality will rip it out from underneath you. So always keeping this kind of open, flowing thing and facing the things that you're afraid of make it less likely for you to create the thing that you're afraid of. So um, sometimes I feel like there's a temptation to go into denial, but rather facing these things head on. Okay, what am I afraid of? Well, I'm afraid that this thing's going to take my body out. Uh, I'm afraid that it's going to um, cause lifelong issues. I am afraid that uh, I, you know, it's my livelihood and everything else is kind of built around my ability to communicate. Um, I'm afraid it's going to break my body down. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to get rid of it. I'm afraid, like, whatever. Face all of those things. Run all of those things forward. And what you'll find is a whole lot of time travel. Once you've, like, faced them and gone, like, okay, and you're no longer recoiling from that, it's like, well, what if I uh, can't communicate anymore and then I can't do the podcast and I can't, all these things that I came here that I blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, are any of those happening today? None of those things are happening today. Okay, so look down at your feet and we will deal with those bridges if we come to them. Um, but not having a whole 
fucking reality we are afraid of looming over us, but having faced it all. Okay. Um, now the writing the story is the identity. Okay. And here's where the temptation to write the story is. Um, be careful in the stories that you tell, uh, um, other people about the experience that you're having. Okay. Cause sometimes we like an, ex we like to tell the story of how things went wrong. So it's like, well, everything was going great. I had everything in my life and then I got sick and then everything just fell apart. We can settle into that role pretty quick. Um, and we'll write a whole movie around that because reality is just waiting for you to be like, this is the plot of the movie. So be very careful and mindful of your identity in the position that you're currently in and the role that you're currently playing. Okay, which takes us into step five, which is choose your narrative. Now, this is the narrative moving forward, okay? Now, here's where it gets a little bit tricky and where spiritual bypassers like to throw this in a way that doesn't fucking help anybody. You want to choose a narrative because the narrative is always yours to write. Okay, there are facts of your situation and your hardships and your oppressions and your trauma. Those are facts, right? But the narrative, that's why two people can have the exact same experience. The narrative is always ours to decide, okay? That narrative has to include and acknowledge your very real trauma and pain while ideal, ideally, God damn, while ideally not taking your power away, okay? So like... Um, examples of that would be, I was born into a patriarchal society. I, um, had very real trauma trying to excel. I'm just kind of spitballing here. Um, in a, you know, male driven, uh, male dominated field. I came here to overthrow the patriarchy. So you, <coughs> Jesus Christ. Um, weird that my throat chakra won't work, right? So your trauma is true. Your experiences are true. Your pain is real. We're not taking any of that away, right? Because it's part of the equation, but you're giving yourself a narrative that kind of sets the script and gives you something to work towards. Now you have to pick one that feels true for you. I personally believe that everything that happens in my life is, is because I am, supposed to figure out how to hack it and then share that with other people. Now that could just be, you know, I've had friends, uh, think that is a mental trick and, uh, just a way to spin reality. And my, uh, response to that is fucking damn right. And, uh, it works. I don't know. Like I, cause that's how I treat it. So when something happens, I don't go, Oh, here's a horrible thing that will exist for the rest of my life. I go, all right, well, I'm going into the uh, chronic illness game, I guess, and I'm going to see what I can figure out. Um, the narrative, if nothing else, just gives you peace of mind, but usually it becomes the premise of your life. I had a couple other examples of that, but I think it's, you know, sexually abused so that I could help other survivors, whatever the narrative um you choose. We all choose narrative. Some people choose the narrative that life sucks and it's happenstance and, and they just got dealt a bad thing. That certainly is an option. 
Um, I prefer things that suck just less than that. So um, this game is terribly not fun with that belief system, but who knows if it actually changes the outcome. What I have found is that when I take charge of my reality, it tends to, um, it tends to, you know, fold around me. Doesn't make any fucking sense, Jessa, Jesus Christ. All right. So now the narrative shift is to benefit you, not your abusers or oppressors. Okay. This narrative shift is for you. So an example of that would be, I'm here to save my abusive boyfriend. Okay. That just keeps you in a shitty position. Um, I mean, you can do that. It's literally a, you know, a choose your own adventure, not a fun adventure. So, um, finding ways to make yourself a, a sacrifice for someone else, um, is not helpful in this situation. Another example is I talk about us being batteries for the matrix. The only, uh, well, batteries for people who know how the matrix works. The only reason I talk about that narrative is because I believe that we are here at the point of time where we break out of that. Otherwise, that narrative, I would fucking hate that. But I believe that this is when the batteries wake up and unplug. Now, this is an interesting one. Everything is this and that, by the way. So this is there for as much as these work in certain situations, you know. And this is a great example of where we have to figure out what kind of energy does this call for. Now, fighting is one of, I, I've always noticed that when people get sick, um, they love this, like, I'm going to fight this thing. And there's something energetically that just never really, uh, and no offense to anyone who's done that, um, but there's something energetically where I go like, uh, not fighting's not always the best thing. So uh, here's why this is contradictory. Right now, I'm very pro fighting the system, right? Very pro. Be what happens when we fight something is we create a pendulum. So this pendulum is swinging at you. And when you fight, you're pushing the pendulum back, which is going to make the pendulum stronger and more powerful, okay? So there are certain situations where we don't want to do that. That's not the right energy. We're pushing something. We're actually making it stronger and more powerful. So um, this, is an, like, this is when there's a financial hardship and then you fight it. it you just create more hardship, okay? Um, it creates instability and breaks things down, and that's why I'm pro- um, pendulum in the systems right now because it's breaking the systems down um often sickness or financial loss sometimes financial loss is just random and if you if you don't give it a ton of energy it will just level out but it's almost always a balance issue and I'm not speaking to anyone else's issues with um experiences with sickness so obviously uh, or chronic illness, um, cancer, anything like that. The, these are not my lived experiences. So these are just observations. And if this doesn't resonate, obviously leave it. But um, I've had a couple, I guess would be chronic illnesses. And also in the experience of, um, you know, losing teeth and eyesight and stuff. I, um, there is, there is a balance a bit like bringing that pendulum back to center rather than 
getting into a fight with it. And this is all just like energetic, right? So when all of a sudden it's like, I'm taking on this lime, you know, it's like, uh, how about my body got thrown out of balance by uh, some microbes? Is that what they're called? Um, I can't pronounce the other word. Sprockets? That's definitely not it. These fucking... So my body's out of balance right now, and I'm going to try to figure out how to bring my body back into balance and maybe uh, discourage, uh, you know, my new roommates. Um, That is an energetic thing that's kind of on a situation-by-situation thing, but often when there is a quick disruption to the system, balance... Uh, your system, your quote unquote good things, balance, restoring balance, bringing things back to center, bringing things back to stasis is kind of the approach rather than this very masculine old, we're going to war with this. You know how we went to war? I mean, this was a fucking lie anyway to put people in prison, but this idea of, of addiction, which is just, um, you know, the product of people needing healing and then we're going to go to war with it. You know, it's like this is this mentality of like fighting things rather than being like, hey, body, what do you need? Like, what do you need? for? I've really um, famously disconnected from my body and I've just been like slowed way down, calmed my calendar down and just said, okay, what do you need? And this is fucking nuts, but you know what my body is craving? Uh, yoga. I've done yoga a few times. It was never, and meditating, which I've lit and not, and not like walking on curbs, listening to Tame Impala meditating, like sitting in a quiet room and just like being like by myself and just center, um, green food and water and exercise like my body's just calling out for these things and so I'm like okay this is this is then what you will get and uh you know less focused on the raging war with what's in my body but asking my body like how can I support you to do these things right um I feel like some of this that I'm talking about might be frustrating to hear for people who've been living with um uh, like long-term chronic illness. So, uh, I do not want to, I'm not trying to minimalize any of your experiences and I'm just kind of talking about my current experience. I've been through some body stuff. I've, uh, lifelong digestive issues. And so I'm drawing some from that, but I'm, I'm not minimalizing your experiences I'm sure you've heard fucking all of it and I'm also not saying that yoga or meditation would help those things I just am like where am I out of balance I'm out of balance because I'm going 9,000 miles an hour every single day and I've uh literally never meditated before all right so next there's a shift between processing and wallowing a good example of this is um in one of my long-term relationships, there was an experience that was, we'll say, uh, cheating adjacent. Okay, we had a we had an open relationship, and this person kind of, I mean, if we're honest, probably knowingly violated the the uh, agreement of that in a way that um, just felt like getting cheated on. And when I found out. 
I was completely aware of the fact that like it's very difficult once that trust has been broken to like come back from that and that it, the onus was really on me to save the marriage at this point because if I process this too long if I go from processing into wallowing we're going down so I had to make sure to feel my feelings and get it all out and ask all the questions that I had and process everything and then pull out of that space before I start wallowing and I crossed over into wallowing and wallowing is like I got addicted to what it felt like to, for him to be the bad guy. Um, you know, there's a lot of getting roses and being taken out to dinner and a lot of long conversations where, you know, he failed me and me getting to cry and stuff. And, you know, uh, that shit's addicting. It's addicting to be felt sorry for. It is. And it can grab you. And next thing you know, you're just you're stuck in this thing. And so we we had one experience where we went on a trip and I, I ruined it you know, with some, with a freak out that like, I, like, I know it wasn't true. If I really like got conscious in the situation, I knew it wasn't true. This is like this in every area of our life. So sometimes we can get addicted to, um, our experience. We can get addicted to the pain of our experience that you can get addicted to a certain kind of sadness. It's absolutely true. And so there is a shift in the energy between feeling your feelings and getting addicted to this story. And if you get addicted to the story, it's fine, but it's going to play out a lot longer and a lot slower. Um, your identity is going to get wrapped up in the situation that you're experiencing and the hardship, and then you're going to go into a different movie. So this movie is kind of following your lead a little bit. Um, so what I put, don't wallow, don't become your hardship. Don't have that become every, uh, every aspect of your life. So, um, step eight, I don't even know if have I been saying the numbers is adapt as much as you must and unplug the rest of your energy. So if you just took financial hits, pay your bills, and then go on with your life. If you just, uh, you're dealing with a health issue, take your pills, go on with your life. Do whatever it takes to handle the situation. And other than that, don't give it energy. Pay attention to how much time you are talking about the thing, how much you are identifying with the thing. I did a Mormon in the Meth Head. Oh, by the way, Mormon in the Meth Head fans, we did a reunion show on the Mormon in the Meth Head YouTube last night. And I noticed by the end of that, I had, I had brought almost every single subject back to this experience I'm having with, um, the tick dementia. And I tend to really jump into life experience. And then I talk about whatever the thing is, my attachment style, my, you know, I just get into, uh, there was a point where I wouldn't shut the fuck up about reality trans surfing. And then you never hear me talk about it again, interdependence and, you know, so I, this is pretty fresh. I think I am like two weeks into the, it being back and kind of facing everything to do with that. But I'm, I'm on the precipice of it becoming my identity and and potentially pulling a much longer timeline than is maybe necessary. So 
Um, pay attention to things like that. Um, a lot of the reason that I kept bringing it up is because I was very self-conscious of um, difficulty I was having communicating and like holding on to my thoughts. But uh, part of that is just who I always was, but I, it feels different to me. So part of the reason that I was ruminating, is that the word? Um, part of the reason I kept bringing it up was because I was self-conscious and didn't want anyone to forget that's why I couldn't talk. But also, I, this, I just made it sound like a terrible episode. It was actually fun. Um, so things like that. Like get in, do the thing, and then don't make sure when that server comes up to the table you've got something else to fucking talk about besides the thing that you allegedly don't want. Flow and accept is really just the state of being. Uh, go limp. Just, um, there is a difference between accepting things you hate it, that feels like disgruntled almost. A lot of people have a life they hate and they go, well, this is all I can have, but it's not real acceptance. You know, it's like resentment. And then there are people who are just like, yeah, I just, it is what, you know, I don't think it'll last forever. I don't think anything will last forever. We largely don't have the attention span for a bunch of stuff. Um, a lot of times us trying to find the cure for something or the fix for something is that pushing like dysfunctional masculine energy that doesn't actually get you anything. There is a lot to be said for just allowing and flowing. And, uh, you know, what if this is a new normal? Then cool. I'll just adapt to it. Like I'll always just adapt to it. And I adapt to things so much that I, like, I forget that, uh, you know, some people would consider it a hardship not to have teeth or eyes that work or, you know, I had a digestive system that didn't function in the fucking slightest for a really long time. And then I kind of figured out how to fix it from a place of like, just having accepted it's never going to work. And then I was tinkering with it from a different energy without this kind of desperate need. Kind of same thing with abundance. The more I needed it, you know, the more it pushed. This is all energy stuff and it is just going to come into focus. And then we're going to be like, oh shit, we can apply this to greater uh, issues in the collective because enough of us know how to work this energy. Um, all right. That is going to be it. I have one other tip. Um, look for imbalance in the world and see how it applies to your situation. Remember that we are all macroing the, uh, collective. Um, one huge thing that's coming in with the 70 download, and I'm so excited, you guys, things are going to shift so much in 2021, I think. Where everything I was getting for death in coming into 2020 is just new life in 2021. I think there'll still be death happening, but it feels crusty and small to me where this hope, this hope comes in, um, and power comes in. This power just shifts, um, in 2021. So, uh, just a couple more months and they're not, they're not going to be fun probably, but a couple more months, just, um, just flow, just, just let it be. But, um, is uh, we are out of balance with nature and that 7D download is coming in January and it's all, it's earth energy. And this is where the earth kind of, uh, the, the Bluetooth connection between us and our mother kind of comes back online and we start doing things 
that are in tune with earth. And uh, this is obviously a big lesson for me. Um, you know, I've talked about Mark coming into my life and usually uh, I learn a lot from my partnerships. And um, the thing that stood out to me about Mark when I first met him was that he is, um, he's, he's in tune to an energy that is foreign to me. And I'm always attracted to people who are more grounded. And I think um, other people in his life would think it's funny that I call him grounded. But he is connected and communicating with the earth in a way that is, I observe it and it is foreign to me. And I believe that part of the reason that he is in my life and I'm experiencing that through him is because that's a big part of what's happening. That's a big part of the shift between the current systems. They're just going to kind of break because they're not in tune with the earth. And only those who are in tune with the earth are going to thrive as, as we level up into this. So, um, this is something we will be macroing. So like how we were healing codependency in our lives because the collective was learning about codependency, we are going to be coming into balance in our bodies and with the earth. And I'm assuming that's why I'm having this experience and, um, or one of the reasons that I'm having this experience. And so it's interesting that the pattern has started using language like this, like look for where this imbalance exists in the whole society and find it within yourself and heal it within yourself. Does the pattern person listen to this pot? Like, can we be friends, um, for all the free advertising? This is exactly it. Look for this thing, this imbalance in your life and where you see it out in the world, and then how would you fix it in the world, and then fix it within yourself. Um, yeah, Mormon in the meth head, I do have some readings open um, for the next couple of weeks, but not next week. I'm going to go stay in Nashville for a couple months. While the ticks aren't active, the things that are up are probably all that'll be up, because I'm going to take it easy for a little bit. So get them while they're hot. I had some important stuff. Imagination projects slowly getting up and working. It's a little bit of swimming upstream with Mars retrograde. When Mars retrograde is over, we're going to kind of really expand it and play with it and, um, and do some stuff. But if you are in need of help, if you're going through the awakening, the wording says if you are freshly awake, that was just to not get bombarded. But if you are struggling in this process and don't have the financial means to uh, get the help that you need, just apply on the Imagination Project Awakening Orientation Department. If you do have the means, please don't take those resources from people who need them. It might take a while for you to get a response just because everybody is volunteering their time and have a lot of things going on. But so far, it seems to be going pretty well, and we are kind of working out the kinks with that. Um, Patreon is still doing okay, considering my brain. Um, $5 gets you two bonus episodes a month. It also gets you all of the previous bonus episodes. I'm about to record a Patreon episode with Jessica and Oscar. You may have heard them on, um, Ryan Singer's podcast recently. $10 a month is, uh, all the bonus episodes. Pay attention, Jessica. You're in the home stretch. And, um, it's like energy updates. Sometimes I use cards. Sometimes we just talk about the current energy, whatever. Um, that's a live stream. So I announce when it's coming up and then you can, it's interactive. And then at the $20 tier, it is a live stream where we talk about the episodes that week. 
So um, if you find yourself yelling at the at the phone when you are listening to the podcast and wish that you could have a conversation about it, it's a great option for that. And those are all like left up also afterwards. Um, that is patreon.com. If you just go to jessareed.com, you can get all of it. You can get my old ass headshots that should be replaced. You can get, um, a merch page without all my merch on it. A bio I wrote 20 years ago. Um, and the Patreon and the readings link. And, um, all right, I'm going to throw this up and go record a Patreon episode. I will hopefully talk to you guys next week. Maybe not. I'm going to be traveling. <laughs>